0: That talks about the journey to connectedness and business development. I'm Cecilia Hageman Younger. Today, we're talking to Jessica Del Virginia of Insight Strategy. Welcome, Jess, and thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: It's so nice to meet you. I'm so happy to be here. Tell us about Insight Strategy. Yeah. So, Insight Strategy is a strategic communications firm based in the New York City area. We've been around for almost three and a half years now. And we found that our niche is products that are very unique in their industry and kind of require a little bit more explanation to what they are. But once people get it, then it's a really successful product that everyone wants to know more about. So um, I'm really blessed to work with these incredible smaller companies that are coming up with a brilliant, unique idea and getting their stories out there is so rewarding. How did you find your niche? happened on its own. Um, When I first started, you know, I was kind of taking any clients that I could because, you know, when you're starting a business, you don't say no to anything. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But then over time, you know, one led to another from referrals, from meeting people that are like, oh, well, you're working with them. You should talk to this company. And it just kind of snowballed into clients that are doing something unique. I, I, I couldn't have designed it better myself if I had tried, but it just kind of came to the point where that all fell together really, really nicely. So,
0: So, and it's really nice when when things do come together like that because it's natural, it's organic when people are coming to you for for your services instead of you going out and finding people.
1: But how did you first um, get your referrals? Yeah, so it was really really exciting. So a little bit of backstory. I was working at boutique firms in New York City for years, um, since before college and during college and after. And um, I went to NYU in the city, which made it really easy to kind of expose myself to the business world here. And I was working in a small firm and I wanted to shift jobs. And while I was you know, searching, one of my best friends from high school said, hey, one of my friends from college is starting a company and she doesn't have a lot of funding, but she needs help with PR. Is that something that you might want to help her with? And I said, sure, you know, I can do this as as a side gig until I find another job that I want to be at. And, um, I just started working with her. And then I mentioned to another friend, I was like, Hey, I got a freelance client. How cool is that? And he's like, well, I need PR for my company. Why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't think to, he goes, well, let's do it. So that was in November of 2018 um, that I got my first one. December was the second one. And then I went into the new year and I said, all right, things seem like they're kind of growing. So let me just make an LLC to make sure that this is all separate from whatever real job I decide to get after this. So throughout January, I was applying for lots of different roles at big companies at Goldman Sachs and WeWork and World Bank of Canada. And they just weren't panning out. But in the meantime, I was working with these two brands. And then a friend of a friend was like, hey, I heard that you're working with them. We need help with our company's social media. And I was like, all right, I don't love doing social, but I can do social better than, you know, the boomers that are running this company. Let me just help them. And then that snowballed and it just kept snowballing. And by March, I had left the job that I was at in December. By March, I was making more than I was at my previous job. So nice. I kind of just said, all right, you know, I'm going to give myself six months and we'll take it from there. And all those opportunities with Goldman never panned out and all that never worked out, but it didn't work out because it wasn't supposed to work out. I I had always said to myself, you know, when I turn 30, I'm going to start my own PR firm. That was the plan from day one. And it happened seven years sooner, but it was still really, really (laughs) exciting that, you know, I got the opportunity. The, the imposter syndrome was hard at first because I was like, I am 23. I am, I don't know what I'm doing. And I went to, I started my business school program and I'm sitting there and, um, I'm working with all these people in their thirties who are professionals. They've been working longer than I had. And they're asking my opinion on stuff for marketing plans for all this. stuff. I was like, why are you asking me? Like, they're like, you do this stuff for real brands in New York City. Of course, we're asking you, like, you know what you're talking about. And that little kick of confidence really, really, really helped with the imposter syndrome. And I think that kind of helped catapult things. So I'm really grateful to my business school friends for that. (laughs) The
0: the other thing is that you, you actually went out and talked to people. Because once you have that first gig yeah. and you talk, start telling people that you have it, it's, it's a magnet. It's like, oh, well, you do that because people yeah. don't really know. You have to actually really promote yourself. You're you're a product of your own business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always this weird thing. And I've had this theory for a long time where it's whatever industry you're in, it's hard to do whatever service you offer others for yourself. Like growing up, I had friends whose parents were landscapers, but their house had no landscaping. Um, And th- that, that was always like kind of the example. So when you're publicizing for other people, it's kind of hard to publicize for yourself, right? It's exciting once you kind of hit that stride and you kind of push past those feelings of, oh, well, I'm just behind the scenes. Kind yeah. of taking that step forward and saying, no, like I have something to offer and I want to share it with people. So shifting that mindset was really important. But once you do it, it's so rewarding.
0: Now, I like what you said about um, the whole shift in the mindset. It's like, I have Mm -hmm. something to offer and people will want it, but it's really getting out there and promoting yourself. And and how do you promote yourself? You said that you did a lot by snowballing and referrals, Mm -hmm. but any other ways that you promote yourself?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, snowballing referrals has been the biggest one. Um, Networking is so, so important oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many calls I've taken over the pandemic. So the last two years, there were no mixers. There were no events mm-hmm. to attend where you can meet people that are in need of your services, right? And I had been using Lunch Club. And this is a free plug for Lunch Club because it is truly one of the best tools I have ever had at my disposal as a business owner. So Lunch Club, you log in, you tell them, okay, I'm free Tuesday at two. And they'll match you with a random person really? that you could say you could say okay i'm i have a startup i'm looking for investors so the ai will match you with someone that might know someone in that realm uh-huh. so for the most part it's pretty random um and i took i started in july 2020 so it's been what a year and a half a little mm-hmm. bit more or less and i've taken one call every week for the last year and a half so that's wow. 70 80 calls In weeks where I would have been locked in my apartment or locked in my home or crappy weather, you don't want to go outside. You don't want to go to a mixer. You don't want to introduce yourself a thousand times to strangers over a glass of wine. You have 45 minutes on your calendar every week and you turn around and say, okay, what are we going to talk about today? And it could be about anything. And some of the best conversations come from you know, this perfect example. I met this woman we had nothing to help each other with in business, but we enjoyed each other's company. So we sat on the call for an hour, and we were just chatting. And it was just nice to have someone to talk to when the world was closed. And she goes, "You know what? You remind me of this other guy that I met on Lunch Club. You guys should meet." And I was like, "Okay." So she connected us. We had a call, and he goes, and I had mentioned to him that I had written a children's book. Um, and he goes, "Well, I just met this other author." Um, let me connect you with him. So he connected me with this other author and the author was like, Oh, your book is so cute. Cause it was a lot about the little owl that got stuck in the Rockefeller tree a couple of years ago, Christmas time. Um, Rocky's road to the big city, shameless plug. Um, but we, it was my best friend was the illustrator. We were really excited about it. We had sold it on Amazon. We did the whole Amazon publishing, but we wanted a real publisher. So, um, This guy that I met through a connection of a connection of a connection, connects me with his public with his publisher, and we now have a book deal to revise the book and to get it out there and to have like a real thing. But that was all because I spent an hour on the phone with this woman who we had nothing to help each other with in business.
0: But that's so neat because it's the tentacles. It's just one person can start the ball rolling, and then you never know where you're gonna land. And I had never heard of Lunch Club before.
1: I'll, I'll send you a referral link. Um, Thank it you. is truly one of my secret weapon. I've gotten a ton of business out of it. I've met some really incredible people. Um, apparently before the pandemic, they were doing in-person lunches. Like you meet someone somewhere mm-hmm. in the city for lunch. You have like a power lunch, which uh-huh. is nice, but I think the convenience of, all right, what's my two o'clock meeting? Oh, it's with a stranger that, you know, works in finance or works in whatever. And, we'll talk if the call isn't going well and say you know what thanks i have to jump and you keep it moving it's really truly one of the best things in the world so yeah and i'll i'll let them know that to take a listen to this podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean but it's so appropriate for the pandemic and now even though things are opening up you still have people who are just not ready to go out and venture out with people that they don't know. You still have Mm -hmm. bubbles. And, and it just sounds like lunch club is a great opportunity for people. And especially if you're an introvert, an introvert and building a business is kind of challenging. It's hard because you can talk yourself out of going to network events so quickly, because I know I have it's yeah.
1: it's hard because also when you're in you always have to be on and then you're talking to people and then you don't know how to make the exit if you don't want to talk to that person anymore and it's just or it's you don't know how to
0: approach the person yeah
1: it's yeah. it's it... so I personally I love an in-person event I'm very I I would say I'm an extrovert introvert like I need a lot of alone time but if I'm in a social setting I will talk to anybody about uh-huh. anything um so yeah I think I think that's one thing that has been really helpful in terms of getting my business out there and meeting new people because that's 80 people that I would never have spent 45 minutes talking to at a cocktail party that's right. invaluable like there's just so many opportunities you never know where it's yeah. going to go so yeah
0: it's, it's almost like golf you have yeah. five hours with these three other people that you may or may not know but sure. you have to talk if not it's going to be a lonely Five
1: hours, three to five hours. You know, it's funny because I wanted to take up golf. Um, I, for this exact reason, right? You are Mm -hmm. matched with people. You meet people. Um, I went, I was out in California for work in January and I made my way down to Palm Springs. And I was like, if I'm going to take golf lessons anywhere, it has to be Palm Springs. So I took it. And after two hours at the driving range, I messed up my elbow and my shoulder so bad. It's like, you know what? I think I'm better off just sticking to lunch club right now. <laughs> zero movement, zero effort, easy. Um, I'll make it out into the course one day, but the driving range really messed me up. So <laughs> similar idea though, you know, you're put you're over time with people that you normally wouldn't have that much time to chat with. So yeah.
0: as you've developed your company, how do you make everything just seem smooth? <laughs> um
1: i'm glad it seems smooth um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a balance i mean there's some days where you're just like i am not feeling it today i mm-hmm. don't want to i'm going to go to yoga i'm going to read a book and i'm going to relax and then there's other ones where i get the spark of inspiration you're working 16 hours like a crazy person and it just comes out fine or good or perfect you know however yeah. things decide to go that day um it goes back to the idea that presentation's everything. So I'm very grateful that it seems like everything's together. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, it's important to call, I think the biggest thing to help you kind of get it together is to call on people who can help you with their strengths. Okay. So, you know, for a while I had an assistant who was an angel and a savior and I loved her so, so much. Um, and she helped me with, you know, getting organized and she'd be like, hey, did you follow up with this person? Okay. No, I didn't, thank you so much. So there was that, and it's been like six months without her. And, you know, I still, I'm like, please come back. So (laughs) we're working on it. She has to come back. But you have people that can help you um, and not trying to do everything. So when I first started, I tried to make my own website. Awful, it was so ugly. Um, But one of my best friends is a web designer and uh, we we figured out a way for, you know, he redid my website, made it beautiful. And then I help him with, you know, language and writing and, you know, we help each other out because we're playing to our strengths. And, you know, instead of going out and getting a website done, I have someone who I trust where I can just text and say, Hey, can you add this one thing to the site? He's like, no problem. He's like, Hey, can you edit this for me? I'm like, sure. So it's having people in your corner that can help you and that are playing to their own strengths because, you know, you can't do everything. You could try, but you're going to be better at some things than others. And if you want things to look good, you have to have people that are experts in what they're doing. Yeah. But I
0: mean, even if when you try, you just get, you get tired and it's hard to stay motivated because you're getting up to what put out another fire and Mm -hmm. that, you know, that you need to do build a website or you need to go out and network. There are so many things that you need to do. And so, yeah, you need to find other people who can help you, whether it's on the barter system or you just go out and pay for it, um, to stay sane and be effective. Um, you need a community.
1: You need a community, you need to know how to delegate. That was something that, oh man, I was not easy getting I was not easy getting into that because it's you know this, this business is your baby, right? Like that's all you have, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that's taken care of. And, you know, if it's someone saying, you know, hey, here's a reminder about something. That's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to get the help that you need, right? Delegation is important. Playing to your strengths is important. And trusting people. If you're hiring someone, whether it's a contractor, whether it's an employer, whatever it is, you hire good people and get out of their way. That is one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Micromanaging doesn't get anyone anywhere. And if you feel like you have to micromanage someone, they're not the right fit for your team. You know, I, I don't want to be breathing down someone's neck and I sure did not like it when people breathe down my neck, when I'm trying to get stuff done. That's, I think that's one of the biggest things, hire good people, get out of their way and then be there when they have, you know, questions or look for your support. That's it.
0: And I, I found that to do that, you really need to be more transparent and you need to have open lines of communication because when you don't have those open lines of communication, people don't come to you. and then your product is delayed and you don't know why you don't know where that the
1: kink is in the wheel. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, having that layer of trust and understanding where somebody says, Hey, I am really overwhelmed today. I can't get to this today, but I'll be fresh eyed tomorrow or next week. I don't care. As long as it's on deadline, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I've worked with contractors or worked with assistants or whatever I'm doing and they're like, I have this thing coming Like, I don't care if you do your work at 3am. It does not matter to me as long as you're doing it to the best of your ability. As long as it's still on time. Why? Like, why does everything have to be the way that it used to be? Right. It doesn't because we live in an asynchronous time. It's not like, oh, well, if this email doesn't go out at this very moment, then the world's going to happen. It's, I'm of the mind where it's PR, not ER. And that's one of my favorite sayings. Like, (laughs) It's going to be okay. Like I promise this pitch can go out at 11am instead of 10am and it's going to be okay.
0: But how, how we've evolved as a society, is nice that you're able to actually work when you have the mental energy Mm -hmm. because working at nine to five, that may not happen. I remember when I was in a job, and coming out of consulting and I went to a nine to five, it did not work. Cause I'm just like, you want me here between these times, but these times I really don't, my mental energy is so low. I do repetitive things. I don't do anything that's creative. And so it wasn't a good fit for me. Um, And I had to go back out and go into consulting. But if I can work when, when I'm more creative, the product is just so much better
1: so much better. Yeah. I got a random spark of inspiration the other night at like 11 o'clock. I was about to close my, I was watching Netflix and I was like, ah, this this is nagging at me. I need to write it down. And then that turned into like an hour of work at 11 o'clock at night because I was awake enough and I read it back in the morning. I was like, wow, I don't think I could do this right now. (laughs) I couldn't get the same thought process down (laughs) because there was no one bombarding my inbox with emails. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was no distractions. It was 11 o'clock at night. The world was asleep and I could think, and it was really, really nice. Yeah. Um, I got the best experience of that this summer. I spent the summer working remote um, in Italy nice. and um, I would wake up. Well, it was a little bit of time, but it was, I would mm-hmm. wake up at seven and I would work from seven to 10. I would do my writing because the U S was asleep. And then um, from like 10 to four, I could explore the city I was in. Mm -hmm. And then from four to eight or nine, when the U.S. was awake, I could take my phone calls. And that's what I did because 9 p.m. over there, I think it's a six hour difference, is 3 p.m. over here is noon in L.A. So that's plenty of time to get everybody in. And then dinner doesn't happen until nine o'clock over there. It just ended up being perfect, and nothing was missed and nothing was skipped, and everybody was happy mm-hmm. because I was happy because I was happy to be doing the work that allowed me to travel and work. Yeah. so it's it's something special to that we're very lucky to be in this time where we can do that. We can, you know make the schedules work for us because yeah. it's something that I also picked up this summer in America. I think we live to work, where over there they work to live. right. And I think that's the right approach. <laughs> like It
0: is. I mean, you have the mental health that you get from that is so different. Uh, yeah. Just because I was lived in the Caribbean for many years and it was like, oh, you don't get it done today. That's fine. Do it tomorrow. Yep. It's such a different mindset, but you have quality time. You have time for your family, your friends for you. And you don't feel guilty about taking it. Yeah. Exactly. I think in America, we've become so dependent on, um, working and well, one, we always have to show that we're productive so that we don't lose our jobs, right. but also many people are in a position that they have to work more and more because to afford anything. Yeah. So we've, we've lost so much connectedness with family and friends because we're always out there working. Um, I remember, um, one, per- one of my friends, he just said, oh, I can't take a vacation because if I take a vacation, they may find somebody else. It's no
1: way to live.
0: It really is no any way to live. And the motivation for you to get up and go and do something is, is just, how are you motivated just to get up and do whatever you have to do every day? Because as, as an entrepreneur, it's challenging.
1: It's challenging. But also, like I, like I just said, you know, I think coming from a place of gratitude is so important. I am so grateful that I haven't had to walk into an office for the last three and a half years, or I wasn't feeling nervous when I had to come home from an office for two years because the offices were closed and wondering how I was going to do my job. I like the freedom. I enjoy this. And in order for me to keep enjoying this, the work has to get done. Otherwise it's going to go away. Otherwise I have to go get a regular job and I don't want to do that. So it's, it's, a motivation, oh, this is not dissimilar from you know, well, if I if I don't show up, then I'm gonna lose it. It's a matter of I enjoy it because it affords me the opportunities that I have. So that um taking it from that place of gratitude again with mindset shift, right? You want to be enjoying what you do. And there's some days that are hard. Some days you're pitching all these reporters and you're doing all this and it's tedious. But then it is. Then the media hit comes through and the client's happy and everyone's happy or the event goes off perfectly. And then you're, you're just thinking like, wow, I made this happen. And this is really, really, really cool. And I want to do this again. And then once you get that, then it's like a snowball again, with the snowballing, it keeps moving. Once you have that momentum, it's kind of hard to stop and you enjoy it a lot more.
0: Yeah. I mean, your passion really shows through, but I also like the, how you describe the cyclical nature of it. Your passion doesn't really leave, but your products, they come to an end so that you can go forward. And that that helps motivate you just to continue. Sometimes you just don't have that maybe closure of one part and it lingers on and then your passion can wane. And so it, it's, it's just, it's a delicate balance of really keeping motivated. So you're getting up that next day to do something. Right. Yeah.
1: And when you know that you've done good work or you know that, you know, people are happy with what you've brought to the table, it again, increases your confidence and it increases your interest in doing more. You know, it's, it's almost like a little reward. Um, but I think one thing that's important is, recognizing how nice it is that we've kind of moved into a place where people don't stay at jobs for 30 years anymore. People stay for one, two, three, four, five years. And, you know, I know that the older generations would say that's so irresponsible and so weird. And when I was in high school, I remember people telling us like, you need to stay at a job for at least two years because otherwise you look like you're unemployable. They're not going to want you. And now Mm -hmm. you have people leapfrogging from job to job jobs in a year, tripling their salary, but they're also doing something that they really want to do. And yeah. I think it's really, really nice that people in my generation at least are seeing you don't have to stay where you're not valued or you don't have to stay where you're not happy. There is always something else out there. And I know there's all the talk of there's no jobs. There's it's hard to get. It's hard to hire, hard to find good help. I think people are looking to be rewarded properly for their hard work, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And seeing how, you know, I've seen so many friends change jobs during the pandemic, like never met their team in person, but they're doing all this work remote because mm-hmm. they want to and they enjoy it. And it makes them happy to shift and change because I get that every day. I'm an agency, I work with five to 10 clients at any given time. So I'm working in all different industries and it's exciting because it's new and it's fresh. But for most people, if you're staying at a job for 10, 15, 20 years, you're working in the same space year after year after year. Right. I can see how that would frustrate people. So, you know, seeing people kind of shift now and do what's best for them, I think is really, really amazing and exciting and I'm happy to see it.
0: You know, what tips do you have for people who who are thinking about, you know what, I wanna do something else what tips do you have for people moving into the direction of being an entrepreneur or, or a fledgling entrepreneur starting their own business?
1: Just try it. There are people that are not as good as good at it as you are, that are already doing it. You can most likely do it. Um, I would say really cool way to try is through Upwork or Fiverr. If you are creative and you're considering, you know, going off on your own, do some freelance projects, try it out, see how you like being your own boss. Mm -hmm. And those kind of websites give you the opportunity to, they take care of all the accounting for you, they do everything, you don't have to lift a finger, you just do your work. Um, And that's a really good way to start. Uh, When I first started, I I found a few jobs on Upwork, Um, but now it's for what I'm doing, it's a little bit, um, they're looking for like smaller projects whereas Mm -hmm. I'm looking for longer term contracts. So I would check that out. Um, Also talk to friends and family, see what they might need. I know we had said like, okay, you don't really wanna work so much with keeping it inside the family with whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. when we chatted before this call. um, But they might know people that would say, you know what, hey, like my friend owns this restaurant and their social media is so bad, you know, they would need a hand with that anytime now, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a student, that is one of the best ways to number one, build your portfolio. Number two, you know what you're doing. And some of these older people, like they don't know how to use Instagram like a native. They don't know how to use TikTok as a native. I think the younger generations, Gen Z and uh, young millennials, we have the opportunity to kind of offer these services because we're digital natives. Whereas some people are not and people pay a premium for that. So it's something that most people should consider because even if it's a little side gig while you're in college or high school, it's absolutely worth it. It's such an easy way. And I think once you get that hint of entrepreneurship, it's kind of hard to leave once you get the bite. But yes, if you decide to go into a regular nine to five career, you can still do it on the side. You don't need a lot of time to keep someone's Instagram running you keep your own instagram running. So that's one piece of advice.
0: But you know also with we're using fiverr um and at upwork you're able to start advertising and see what works. Yeah. Which is really nice cuz you can you can test your ads and see what people pick up on and what they don't. So when you go out on your own you you know how to to really market yourself.
1: So yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I would say, the best thing I did with Upwork was putting on the $15 a month um, advertising thing. They have this thing where they push your profile to the top because uh-huh. you can go on there and you can pitch all day. Yeah, it, It's annoying. Don't do it. Just pay the 15 bucks and let them do it for you. <laughs> Save your time. That's why they have the AI. That's why they do what they do. And it's worth it. That's the one expense that's definitely worth it.
0: You no, know, I want to thank you for your time. Thank it was you. nice talking with you. And I will put your contact information in the chat. Yeah. So people, um, can get-
1: people can look up insight strategy, mm-hmm. I-N-S-I-T-E, strategy. Um, we're on Instagram and that's just our website. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so grateful for you to have me. Thank you. Well,
0: thank you. I think you, you gave, I, I love the way you described how you got into the business but also your suggestions um, for people who are looking to move to doing their own things. They were wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone for listening and being part of being bold. I love to hear from you. So feel free to uh, email me at Cecilia at beingboldanddriven.com. Until next time.